Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's a beautiful, beautiful Wednesday. We are one day away from the NFL draft, so we have to talk to a current player that's going to end up being drafted to the NFL, maybe the Minnesota Vikings. We're going to sit down with Gophers Terrell Smith on today's Ron Johnson Show, but the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, I just didn't think it would go this way. I knew I knew the Nuggets would win, but I didn't think they'd win in five. I thought I thought the Timberwolves had a chance, but I did tell you people, part of that parlay, I said, hey, if you want to put your money down, put your money on the Wolves to lose. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, FanDuel. I'm sorry, uh, Timberwolves fans. I told you. But we're going to talk about what this means for the Timberwolves and what to look forward to next season. Coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Oh, hey, good people. It's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show. And I just want to let you know, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Just make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com backslash dot com to get started today. Sorry, that's FanDuel.com backslash Locked On to get started today. And I'm looking at these parlays. I'm looking at these bets. Uh, the Lakers just dropped. They are now a plus four. It's minus four for the Grizzlies. So, man, people are really feeling this seven seed Lakers. And we're going to talk about this because the Timberwolves could have been there. But as I bring my producer into the show, Sam Ekstrom, uh, we have a busy week, people. Uh, we, we are going to have a lot of draft talk the rest of this week. The roundtable on Friday, for sure, we are going to talk about what the Minnesota Vikings do. And then are the Minnesota Wild almost done? Man, the negativity in Minnesota is at an all-time high when it comes to playoff football. The Vikings lost, we know, early. We know the uh, Timberwolves now are done, and the Wild could be done. But we also have Terrell Smith coming up on the Hanging Ron Johnson show today. And then later next week, after the draft is over, I have a very long sit-down. It's about 25 minutes-ish, but I have a good sit-down I want to air for you guys with uh, Santana Moss, former Washington football team wide receiver. Um, he has a lot to say about uh, Dan Snyder, that organization, and that $7 billion offer. Uh, but also there's a helicopter story that I was a part of that Santana kind of uh, dispelled the, uh, the, the phenomenon to me, and I'm glad he did it. So now I have a better understanding of Daniel Snyder. Uh, but, but tune in for that on uh, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Next week we're going to air it. Uh, but, Sam, Timberwolves lost. We know that. Season's over. Uh, it's time to go lick your wounds. Uh, time to go figure out if Rudy Gobert and Carla the Towns are the answer for this team. Uh, I see so many duos, and it's because of injury. You look at Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, hurt. They're done. Uh, you look at Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Uh, when Kevin Durant was out, Suns were so-so. When Kevin Durant got him plugged in and they started clicking, I mean, you see four to one. They destroyed the Clippers. I mean, uh, Michael or Michael, uh, Russell Westbrook um, had a decent you know game tried to try to do all he could do without the two the two big stars for the clippers 
Um, but it, it's injury. You know, you look at uh, Giannis, you know, in the Bucks, injury. I mean, even the Miami Heat had injury. Like, they lost their big shooter. And Jimmy Butler just took over. I wish Jimmy Butler was a Timberwolf. Hmm. I do. I wish Jimmy Butler, because playoff Jimmy is a different beast. And I know Andrew Wiggins and Jimmy Butler didn't really get along because of Cat. Um, I do feel like without Andrew Wiggins, though, maybe Cat takes to Jimmy Butler's coaching a little better because we know Wiggins uh, can be a little sensitive. He's a little quiet. He's to himself. Uh, Jimmy Butler's loud. He's going to talk. Uh, and that maybe is not Wiggins' thing because you see Wiggins with the Warriors fits in because those guys are a bunch of like they just let Draymond talk and everybody else kind of does their thing. But I think Cat and Jimmy could have got along. I, I feel like they could have found a way to play. And playoff Jimmy is a different beast. Like he just takes over games when he feels it. And and I would have loved to see. And, and I don't again, there's no way. I don't think it could have worked because Jimmy Butler probably doesn't put the Timberwolves where they need to be uh, to, to get Anthony Edwards. But I do feel like I would have loved to see Jimmy Butler with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. Like that's the three. Like get rid of Wiggins, keep uh keep Cat, keep Jimmy Butler, bring in Anthony Edwards. I think those are the three I would like to see over Gobert, Edwards, and Cat. Because you need, I mean, we we, we go way back to the James Diaz interview. You need another score, and that's what they're missing. They whenever one of those guys is off, they don't have another guy to kind of take over, and it's over. The Nuggets were way better than I thought. Like, I, I did that poll on, on, on Twitter. That's three Ron Johnson at Twitter. Uh, I did the poll. And I said, who would you rather play? Everybody was saying they'd rather play Memphis. And I was like, I don't want to play Memphis. Memphis is – but clearly Memphis has some 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 issues. Now, again, injury. But Jaw's been playing. He had 45 with the hand. And when he was out, they won. So – Maybe I'm overthinking this uh, Grizzlies thing. Maybe I overthought it. Maybe I just maybe John Morant and his explosiveness scare me off because Denver plays good basketball. They all can score, but Jokic spreads the floor. They have really good chemistry. The Memphis Grizzlies, they don't. They look like a bunch of like street ball players that are just like get the ball to Ja, let Ja work. If Ja can't work, somebody else hurt but take a shot because it just and, and the Lakers are playing team ball. So I I, I really wish. The Timberwolves could have found a way to get that 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 play-in game uh, together to play the seventh seed. Because uh, vice versa, you flip it on the other side and you look at um, the East. The Heat lost their play-in game, and we were all making fun of them, like, "Oh, Jimmy Butler doesn't remember being a, a Timberwolf." But look, you can't even win your playoff playing game, and you're the seventh seed. Like they lost the seventh seed; they were the seventh yeah. seed, and they lost it. And then they are about to eliminate the Bucks potentially. Like they're on the precipice of eliminating the Bucks, And so, again, I, I look at all these teams that are closing their series out, the Suns, uh, possibly the Heat. Uh, you saw Trey. Uh, I don't know if you saw Trey Young yesterday with the with the, the big shot. I watched that game at the end. The, Kept the, him alive, yeah. I mean, that was a huge shot. Now, again, if he misses that shot, everybody's like, that's a dumb shot, just like the Damian Lillard shot to end, uh, I think, Paul George's uh, season. It's the step back, really deep three, and everybody's like, oh, that's a dumb shot. But, hey. Guys like that can make it. Trey, Trey, uh, mm -hmm. Trey made it, and now they get to get one more chance. They get to defend again, and uh, it was an elimination game, and the stars showed up. And now, J J uh, what, Dejounte Murray, uh, Dejounte Murray? I think he'll be back because he was suspended for running into a ref. But when it comes to the Timberwolves, man, I just don't feel like like I I'm naming a bunch of stars that score. Anthony Edwards is the one for me for the Timberwolves. I don't feel like the Timberwolves have a second like dominant score they have cat who's a star they have rudy gobert who's known in this league but i wouldn't call him a star or score 
Like Rudy Gobert to me doesn't feel like a star scorer to me. He just feels like a, a name we all know because he's seven three, which goes to the overrated. Like, is he overrated? Is this a piece they need to move on from and try to? But the problem is he's been exposed now as a Timberwolf, so you can't really get trade value for him. He's not Aaron Rodgers, so I don't know what you get for Rudy Gobert if you try it. So you're you might be stuck because you traded away your franchise and your future to get him. But I don't know, Sam. Season's over. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I. I was frustrated by a lot of things last night. Most of them Rudy Gobert related. Um, Anthony Edwards was so masterful all ser- um, all series run mm-hmm. that doesn't it make you more upset that he disappeared in that Lakers game? Yeah. Um, and now we do know the show to those a little bit of injury there, and that that goes back to my point about injury. But yeah, li- a little bit of injury, which clearly didn't bother him though in this series. True. Um, they just needed fifty percent of Ant in that game, and they played the Grizzlies. Um, but I am frustrated by the conversation about you have to trade cat I, I know you get a good return on cat but like you said ron they don't have scorers on this team they traded d-low and there were reasons to do that expiring contract not great in the locker room um if you trade cat who is going to score other than ant i don't know who you're going to find that's going to be able to fill that void but also you see the talent of Cat. Like, it's so evident that he's a super talented yet kind of flawed player. But when Ant is your alpha, I think Cat actually fits in better as a number two. Correct. And, and Ant is clearly becoming the alpha on this team. Correct. Rudy Gobert just plays you out of so many possessions. If you watch the second quarter last night, his, his brick hands were so poor in the post. He couldn't catch hard passes in the pick and roll. He couldn't get contested rebounds. Um, and the only time he can score for you is on the lob. And and that is, there's value in what he brings, mm-hmm. obviously, on the defensive side. But if you're asking me who I want to have back, I want Cat for sure. Yeah. 100%, 10 times out of 10 versus Rudy, even though you're trading him for cents on the dollar. I just think you have to, to cut your losses, even though the return's not going to be great. If there's anyone who wants him, there might not be. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. I don't like people are saying trade cat. Some people are saying trade Grobert. Some people are saying run it back. I don't know if running it back is the answer, but I think that it's the only answer right now because of how many like I don't think anybody's willing to give you five first round picks for Rudy Gobert. I also don't maybe somebody might give you one first round pick because, again, it is a proven commodity for some teams that need a big. But those teams already have two scores. So you're not going double big. You're going to go two scores with a big. Uh, if you look at how the the Suns are created, DeAndre Ayton. And then you have Devin Booker. You have Chris Paul running the show. And then you have an absolute scorer in Kevin Durant. Like that's what teams want. You need two scores and you need one big. Because that's what a lot of these teams are doing. Um, you think about the Heat even. Bam is their big. Like, they went kind of small. Um, you look at the Clippers. They didn't have a big. I mean, they did bring in Mason Plumley, uh, but he's shooting left-handed free throws. Um, I don't know what's going on with his bit. But you, they had Mason Plumley. but whenever you saw, like, the mismatch underneath, they were getting killed. And DeAndre Ayton was just playing, like, a big amongst little boys. That's where I think Carl Anthony Towns could take over for a lot of these West teams that play small ball uh, when you have a bunch of scores that can spread the floor out. And the pick and roll. The problem with the pick and roll is when Cat wants to pick and roll or pick and pop, Gobert is there. 
Now, Gobert should be your pick and roll, pick and pop guy because Cat can shoot from outside. But like you said, Gobert's not athletic. He's not making that catch. Like the, the best opportunity you have is to throw an alley-oop to him and hope he can get up there and get it. But I watched like some of the alley-oops uh, Anthony Davis catches for the Lakers mm-hmm. compared to Gobert. It's not even close. Like Anthony Edwards can turn a bad pass – or sorry, Anthony Davis can turn a bad pass into, into like magical – scoring like oh man he threw it oh nope nope he caught it he laid it in or he dunked it go bear if you throw it one inch too far he's gonna stumble and fall and trip and then like it's gonna be and then he's gonna throw try to throw it back in and throw it to the other team and start a fast break like he he's borderline starting to act like javel mcgee when javel mcgee used to to, to shack a fool like javel mcgee if you ever want to laugh people just google javel mcgee shacking a fool or JaVale McGee funniest highlights. Like I was, I was in, I remember when I was introduced to JaVale McGee in Vegas and somebody showed me the video. I was on the ground crying tears. Like I'm talking about, I was in the, I think I was like in the ESPN or something. Cause I remember we were watching all the TVs in the game. We were watching like the final four, the elite eight or one of the, I don't remember what we were down there for, but we were watching the games. It was in April though. So I don't know what that would have been. Cause a friend of mine got married and I know his anniversary. Um, but we were down there watching the games. It was like March maybe. Um, and they were showing this. And so then they show me this, like, man, you, have you seen JaVale McGee? And I said, this is like, like my boy's been married for like eight, nine years now. So this is way back when JaVale McGee first was really like shacking a fool. Mm-hmm. I was on the ground dying. And so <laughs> if you watch Rudy Gobert now, like I'm starting to see Instagram videos of people like, oh, here's Rudy Gobert highlights. Oh, pass to the crowd. Oh, throw it out of bounds. Oh, you hit a camera guy. And so I'm like, oh, he really does this. Like, he really makes these mistakes. Now, again, people can, you can get a bunch of tape and 82 games and put together a funny highlight. But the problem is, if you were to look at Michael Jordan, maybe I'm wrong, I don't feel like you ever find that. I don't feel like you ever find that with Anthony Edwards, where there's a bunch of comedic opportunity of Anthony Edwards. Uh, Rudy Gobert just is awkward, and he's 6'3", and then they're making these low pocket passes. He can't bend down to get it because of his back because he has the bad back, so you can see him kind of bending over like an old grandpa. Like, it's just – I don't know. I'm just not a fan of it. Um, yeah. the, the league is about scoring. is about duos, and I don't feel like Gobert helps your case there. I think it had to be a C.J. McCullough. It got to be a Jimmy Butler because, um, again, bring Jimmy Butler back. Like, this is a whole new team. But, again, Chris Finch could be the problem. Like, it could be the offense they're running. I don't know. But D'Angelo Russell, clearly, uh, we see him balling. But, again, he works well because he he has a true dog in LeBron and Anthony Davis. So he probably feels – and, and, again, I can tell he's a little slighted because they say, hey, man, some, some some point guard. He's like, I'm not a point guard in this offense. I'm a basketball player. But you, you – you, no, 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 I'm not, a, I'm not a point guard in this offense. I'm a basketball player. And so I don't know if he's, like, taking a shot because LeBron brings the ball up and gets the offense going – or if he's being real, like, hey, man, then this offense, Darvin Ham has us all playing, like just playing basketball. We're basketball players. I'm not getting this offense started. Anybody can get this offense started. It all works together because I'm going to knock down three threes when, when you need me, and I'm going I'm to ice cold this thing. You got the whole team doing it now too. Um, but, yeah, it's it's to me, it's just – and even with that, man, like and, – and you answer me this, Sam. When D'Angelo mm-hmm. Russell was here, we know his thing was, you know, ice in the veins. Were there any other Timberwolves ever doing that with him? Like, did they take to that as a team with D'Angelo Russell? Or was that mainly just D'Lo? Just the celebration, you mean? Correct. Just the celebration. Yeah. Like, I they don't, would shoot threes. Question. Because I feel like, and maybe it's LeBron because it's all over TV, 
but Austin Reeves does it now. LeBron does it. Like, it's almost like they welcome D'Angelo Russell in as a brother, and they're like, man, let's have fun with this guy. Like, I just don't, I don't see it with the Wolves. You know what I mean? Like, it was no, and again, there was, clearly there was drama. Guys punching walls, yeah. guys punching each other. Chemistry was bad um, this year. Yeah, yep. like, it's just, like, I didn't, like, the Lakers have chemistry, and that's what it takes to win. But Sam, you know, we got to move on. We got a we got a great interview coming up with Terrell Smith in the Hanging Ron Johnson segment. And uh he has a lot to say about PJ Fleck. And, and again, this is a kid that started as a freshman, didn't play as much for like a year or two, and then came back the last year or two and is a dominant force and headed to the NFL. Um, a lot of kids in this position would have transferred. Uh, they would hit that portal because they'd be like, I was a starter. Now you're gonna bench me because you bought in a guy in Benjamin St. Juice from the University of Michigan, grad, grad senior. But he's like, look, he's going to be here for one year. And he he did something pivotal that I think more players need to do. And we'll we'll have that next coming up on the Ron Johnson Show. But I want you to remember, Amazon Fire and Roku people, Locked On Sports Minnesota has an app now. Locked On Sports Minnesota on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download it. And you can get all of our videos, all of our shows. And we have a word from our sponsors. We are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook partner of Locked On FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started and claim your no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. NBA playoffs in full swing, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, and NFL draft props to wager on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday's proceedings. Check it all out at the safe and secure FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is so easy to use. Stack up your bets within the same game for a same game parlay, chance at big payouts or even add in a different game to that for a same-game parlay plus. FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. FanDuel.com slash locked on. No sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Well, now it's time for the Hanging with Ron Johnson segment. Uh, this is a fun one for me. I got Terrell Smith. They call him Tea Time. Uh, former Gophers cornerback. Heading into the NFL draft. And this is, I remember this time myself, so I, I love to sit down with Terrell and uh, talk to him. So I reached out and said, hey, let's get you on before the draft. I mean, you're going to get picked by somebody. Uh, this is a kid that ran well at the Combine, represented the University of Minnesota well. And so I want to thank Terrell Smith for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Uh, tea time, man. Appreciate you joining me. Uh, yep. I'm out there, man. Like you uh, you've had an up and down college career, like a freshman year. You killed it. Everybody's like excited. And then, you know, injuries and just time off the field. And then, you know, Benjamin St. Juice comes in, Antoine Winfield blows up, and then you show back up on the scene a year, you know, two years, a year later, but then the year before that as well. Um, it's just a solid starting cornerback again. Uh, walk me through that, man, because I know P.J. Fleck talks about growth. He talks about failure. Mm -hmm. He talks about all that. Like, what was that time like for you going from, you know, the best cornerback, everybody was so excited about you, then people were questioning, and then back to excitement. How was that ride for you? Um, just like going in and just talking to Coach Fleck and just asking him about things I need to work on, like my sophomore year when I wasn't playing that much when uh, Benjamin St. Juice came in and uh, just talking with Coach Fleck, figuring out what I needed to work on and uh, try to help with my like inconsistent uh, play. So he just gave me some things I needed to work on. And I was able to fix that. Yeah, man, that's a huge character moment for you because uh, Deion Sanders just had 15 to 17 guys enter the transfer portal. I've seen and, that. Yeah, and a guy of your caliber, you know, a starter as a freshman, 
And then all of a sudden transfer comes in, uh, like you said, inconsistent play, maybe some mental errors here and there, uh, not taking to certain, you know, formations, making little small mistakes that we saw you as a senior not have these issues. Um, but you could have easily said, man, I'm out of here. I'm going to go play for Illinois. I'm going to go play for Purdue. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go back to, to Miami and go to UCF or something. Um, but you didn't. You stayed at the University of Minnesota. Uh, you know, why Why did you do that? Because I know doubt sometimes creeps in, man. But what helped mm-hmm. you stay, you know, bought into the program? I'll just say, like, the way Coach Fleck just runs the program, it's a life program. It was just like, it's just like somewhere I want to be. And then, like, all my brothers, like, we all got recruited to go there. Um, and we had a brotherhood. And it was just like, I never really thought about, like, leaving because, like, I was with them and, I just felt like the program was like good for me. So I wanted to stay. Yeah. And and like I said, that's huge, man. I'm proud of you for doing that because I know uh, that time couldn't have been easy, but what you learned, and this is what I want to give you advice or give you some, you know, whatever, taking it to the rest of your career. Remember that moment because you were able to persevere where a lot of guys would have folded, you know, a lot Mm -hmm. of guys would have questioned themselves, questioned the coaching, uh, made it about everything besides themselves. And, And I hear you say, I looked at what I was doing. What, how, Coach, how can I get back on the field? How can I get better? Uh, what can I do? And so self-reflection is huge. And, uh, you know, and I noticed, too, and I don't know if you noticed this, but you hit the weight room around that time, too. Like, you came yeah. out after that looking a lot bigger, a lot mm-hmm. stronger, uh, almost too swole uh, to a point. But, you know, <laughs> this year you kind of lean back out. You look good. And the comment Jordan Reed from ESPN said, he said he saw you as a guy that competed at the Shrine game, a guy that that took adversity and stepped up and wanted to make a play after the next play, wanted to celebrate the play that was made, which is big as far as a cornerback having that cockiness, having that you know bravado. Uh, you know, when you think about your time at the Shrine Game, what did you get the most out of it? I'll just say it was like a really good opportunity for me to just showcase myself like across the whole country and show like all scouts that's like not area scouts like what I could do and just get my name out there more like being able to meet all uh, type of scouts from every team I feel like that was just a big opportunity for me just because I got to put my name out there more and when you look at Benjamin St. Juice you know you play with him you see him in the NFL you know I'm pretty sure all you guys watched him play against Justin Jefferson Um, and, and when you watch that game and you see his talent level uh, where do you see yourself playing in the NFL or how do you see yourself transitioning to the NFL when you see a guy like that? You're like, man, I played with this guy. I know what he can do, mm-hmm. so I know what I can do. What, what did you see there? Um, I've been talking to Ben like a lot throughout this whole process. Like he's just been giving me insight on everything, like interview process and things like that. But I feel like when it comes to me going to like the next level, I feel like I'm just as capable as doing everything that he's been doing. Uh, I feel like it would be a smooth transition for me. And I'm just I'm just ready to go to rookie mini camp and show everybody what I could do. And what and what teams like? Because I know because I've been through this draft process. I mean, I'm way older than you. Um, I mean, crap. I'm was it 2023 now? So I was. Oh <laughs> uh, man, that was 2002. So almost 21 years. No, not yeah. almost 21 years ago. So probably your yeah. age. Mm-hmm. Uh, 21 years ago, I was drafted to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, shout out to the Baltimore Ravens. Appreciate you for everything you did. Um, and so, but I remember this process, man. I remember talking to the New York Giants. I remember talking to uh, the Miami Dolphins. I remember, you know, talking. And 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 the funny thing was, my conversation with the Ravens was short. Like I did talk to them. We did sit down. We did go over, like, you know, hey, if, if you have a if you have press coverage, what kind of route are you going to run here? If you have two high safeties, you know, and they just wanted to kind of mm-hmm. pick my brain on what I could do. Um, yeah. But what what teams have you talked to? 
that have given you the most like, oh, okay, I, I think this is where I'm going to end up? Um, I feel like I had really good meetings with the Colts, um, the Jaguars, the 49ers. Um, I just had a meeting with the Chiefs. I feel like those teams, I feel like the position coaches were showing like heavy interest in me. So I feel like I'll just say those four teams. Okay. And then, I mean, you're, you're in Minnesota, play for the Gophers. Um, and the Minnesota Vikings are short on cornerbacks. Uh, when, when you think about that, with, like, what is that thought process for you? Like, man, you might end up driving right down the road, uh, yeah. not having to go far to be a Minnesota Viking. But, but even that thought process, thought process of seeing them get rid of Patrick Peterson, uh, they cut Cam Bynes or Cam Dantzler, uh, they, they let Duke Shelley go, they let Chris Boyd go. So they definitely are a team that everybody's saying has to either pick up three or four cornerbacks or at least draft one or two or draft one, pick up two. Um, you know, when you hear the stuff like because first round was kind of the thought, Joy Porter Jr., but then they still have a third round pick. They're probably going to trade maybe and get a second round and a fourth round pick. Uh, you know, what would that be like if you heard your name called by the Minnesota Vikings? That would be a, a cool moment for me and my family. And then like uh, my girlfriend and everything, she stay up here. So like just going down there, going down the street would be a, a really easy transition. Um I had went up to the Vikings for a top 30 visit and mm -hmm. oh. I really enjoyed it. I got to meet all the coaches and things like that. So that was a good, that was a good thing. So it's a chance. I mean, they brought you in for the top 30 visit. So you're on their board. So we do know mm -hmm. that. So, you know, I would, I would like it. I mean, cause covering the Vikings, I do Vikings game day live on Fox. So, Hey, that makes it easy for me to talk about you every Sunday. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that happens. Uh, yeah. But, you know, looking at go for spring ball just happened. Let's talk a little bit about college. Go for spring ball just happened. Uh, and now you're a quote unquote, you, Mo, uh, Jordan Howden. You guys are alumni now. But when you look yeah. at, uh, you know, the spring game and Tyler Newbin, because you play with him, mm -hmm. what is Tyler Newbin going to be to the NFL next year? Because clearly, I mean, with his talent, his size, his ability, uh, he is a guy that can play on Sundays, Antoine Winfield Jr. as well. But when you see a guy like Tyler Newbin, man, what what do you see in him that makes him so good? He's just a dog. Like, he just going to get it done. He's going to work hard every single day. Um, he's going to practice harder than anybody. He's going to push himself. Um, a lot of, like, meeting with a lot of teams and stuff, they, were, they always asked about Tyler, too, because he was, he's, still, he's just a player that they're already looking at for next mm -hmm. year. So I just feel like Tyler's just going – he's just going to get it done. He's just a grinder. Yeah. No, no, he's a he's a solid kid. I mean, he plays well. He's going to be on the Ron Johnson show at some point uh, this spring because I, I told him, you know, he reached out to me. I was like, yeah, for sure, I got to get you on because, I mean, that's my guy. We had him on a PJ mm -hmm. Flex show. Uh, so definitely enjoy being around him. But when you look at – and you bought this up. When you look at uh, the opportunities in the NFL and you talked about that, you talked about the teams asking you questions and the teams – uh, you know, what, what are something you're telling teams you can bring to their team? Because they are asking you those questions. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a physical press man corner. I feel like I do really a good job in that. And then just telling them that I could lock it down on the outside man to man. Um, I could come in the run game. I'm not scared to tackle, put my face on somebody. So I just tell them, I just talk about my physicality and, and how I could do it in the, in the pass game and the run game. And the one thing I'll tell you too, Special teams. The yeah. more you can do for a team, the longer you can play special teams, Don't, especially as a corner. Because yeah. most teams are going to go into camp with about 12 cornerbacks. Mm -hmm. The ones that do well at gunner, the ones that do well at uh, at press, you know, pressing the gunner, 
that those are the guys blocking punts, you know, being on punt block, being on kickoff return, kickoff. Mm -hmm. Those are the guys that they definitely are like, okay, this is our fourth corner. This is our third corner. This is our fifth corner uh, because he gives us the most, you know, as far as special teams because they only can have like there's in college. College got 100 guys on the sideline. Yeah. Pros, <laughs> you got 50. So yeah. it's a big, you know, when you cut that number in half, you don't have a, you know, special forces team. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's your guys, you know, your third, fourth receivers on special teams, your, your fourth, fifth DB. Sometimes the starting DB has to play a little bit of gunner or maybe play a little bit of hold up. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I'd tell you that, man, special teams, get that in your mind now. Like when you go yeah, in sure. every mm -hmm. special teams meeting, be in the front, every chance you can talk to the special teams coach, do it because the guys they talk to the most are the guys that are going to write that name down when it's time to make that roster. Uh, Cause I was a coach for the coats. And that was the one thing I remember special teams, guys that came up to us and we, we had them and meet like, those are the guys that are like, Oh yeah, this, this is our, this is number, you know, 42. Here's 43. Here's 44 on that roster. Uh, Cause when you got to get to that 49, that 53, but then you got to have that 49 ready to play special teams. Yeah. Is it um, looking at PJ Fleck, man, let's, let's talk a little bit about PJ Fleck. Um, he's a polarizing figure. You know, he's a guy that he commands a room when he walks in. He's going to have a saying for everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've had a lot of time with P.J. Fleck over the last couple of years uh, doing the P.J. Fleck show every week. Um, you know, so we've had a lot of fun talking. I mean, he's been a great guy. You know, I've, I think I, I spoke to you. I don't know if you were on the team at the time, but uh, I think homecoming or one of the games I spoke to you guys at the hotel for the captain's breakfast. Um, but when you look at P.J. Fleck, man, what has he taught you uh, not just in football, but in the game of life? Uh, just being, like, resilient. Always, like, not blaming others. Just self-reflecting, like we were talking about earlier. Um, just being you. Like, he always says, like, when you're in this program, you don't got to be anybody but yourself. Um, like, he's a guy that's full of energy, and he's like that every single day. But, like, you don't have to be like that to be in his program. He just wants you to just be yourself and just be the best version of yourself. And for me, man, like I know uh, looking at that, you know, competing, being the best version of yourself, uh, but looking at other versions of yourself. For me, when I was playing, it was Keyshawn Johnson, uh, you know, Rod Smith, guys like that, that I could look at their body type and say, you know what? Like, I'm not a Terrell Owens. He's a little faster than me, but I could be mm -hmm. a Keyshawn. Uh, who's the guy that you look at in the NFL that you, you know, whether it's old, current, whatever, that you're like, man, I, I can model my game after this guy. Um, I like watching Patrick Peterson, okay. Stefan Gilmore, and Jalen Ramsey. Those are my, like, three. Uh, I've been watching Patrick Peterson since I've been in high school. Like, before, like, high school games, I used to watch all his highlights and stuff like that. So I feel like just them three is, like, people I like to look at the most. And I was going to say, you guys have gone to some Vikings games. I know PJ does all that stuff, the, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the Kendrick Lamar concerts or whatever. Had you had a chance, though, being over at the Vikings games or whatever to meet Patrick Peterson? No, I haven't. I just, I just study his game from, like, when we went to the Colts game, just, like, looking at him when they were on defense and then looking at Stephon Gilmore when they were on defense. I was just, like, just seeing how they move and mirror receivers and things like that. Wait, so you guys, were you at the game, like, the greatest comeback ever? Yeah. Did you guys stay for the whole game? No, we didn't. Oh, <laughs> when'd you leave? When did y'all leave? We left after, like, the first drive in the second half. So did you, when y'all left, did y'all think it was over? Is that the assumption? Yeah, they were saying it, <laughs> yeah, they were saying it was over. <laughs> so how'd you feel, like, how'd you guys feel, like, kind of seeing it happen on I Twitter? Was, I was happened? telling them, I was saying, let's stay, like, let's just finish the game, like, it might come back, 
And it was like, nah, it's over. <laughs> but like we left and then like when we got back to the facility, I'm watching we watching the games on our phone and we like, oh, they coming back. And then we like, damn, we should have stayed. Like, <laughs> so who made that decision to leave? Was that like the coaches or like who uh, was that? I guess it was like they just caught the vibe of like everybody that was there, like just watching it. And, like, oh, okay. It was like 36-0. So they're like, right. all right, let, let's leave. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, see, and it's my job, so I can't leave. So I had to be there for that because I do the Vikings fan line, and uh, so my post game, like, I'm, I have to, I have to work, so I have to be there. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I was able to be a part of the. I mean, I've, I've been a part of the Minneapolis Miracle. I did the fan line after that, post game, pre game. I was, you know, the Giants comeback, and then of course the Colts, which is the greatest yeah. one I've ever seen in my life. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was ridiculous. Uh, but man, that sucks. So you, you guys, now you'll be able to tell your kids that story though. You like that's if, if anything you ever <laughs> learn. Tell your kids that, like, like I could have been at the greatest game ever, but the yeah. vibe from everybody else around me was negative. Like, let's go, and <laughs> I told him we shouldn't have left. So, see, there you go. You, you, you are because I was always wondering because I know people left because even mm-hmm. uh, my my co-host on the fan line, Corey Cove, uh, he joked about it that if it wasn't mm-hmm. for I forgot I think it was like his kids, if it wasn't for his kids, he would have left. Uh, yeah. There's always this big joke about him on, on the power trip for K fan, and you know mm-hmm. he doesn't like doing late games. But he would have left, but he said he had his kids with him, so they wanted to stay. So he just stayed, yeah. and then by the third quarter, you know they, they started, started coming back. Yep, and yeah. y'all left early. But <laughs> but when you look at all that stuff, y'all get to do, man. Like I said, you guys get to do some cool stuff. Uh, what what's like what's some highlights, man, from some of the off the field activities PJs had you guys do? Uh, like during fall camp when we go to like. We'll go to I don't remember the name, but like uh, we'll go bowling, like laser tags. Um, we'll go to like a, a water park. Okay. Just like just like the stuff during fall camp, because I would just say like that's when we grind in the hardest. So like just like being able to like go out with your teammates and just build a bigger bond and have more chemistry. I feel like that's huge. And like during camp and like usually every camp we go to like a twins game and watch like the baseball games and stuff, too. Yep. So I feel like all of that's cool. And so if you had to play another position, like, you know, because the coaches are going to ask you this, like the more you can do, were you ever like a receiver or a quarterback or running back? Like what else could you do if they needed an emergency? Because we saw the 49ers, all four mm-hmm. of their quarterbacks got hurt. Like yeah. what, what else could you do if, if a coach asks you? I play receiver in high school. Okay. I guess if that counts. <laughs> can you hoop though? Because you're, see, this is the thing, this is my, this is my, and before you answer, this is my uh-huh. thought. In a locker room, and you've been in, you're in the locker room, so you know this. In a locker room, there's like a hierarchy of hoopers in a football locker room. Mm-hmm. I kind of say the tight ends and the receivers yeah. usually are at the top. Mm-hmm. Maybe some athletic quarterbacks can get up there, but it's usually tight ends, receivers. Then you got quarterbacks. Then you probably, I mean, then it's a toss up after that. Probably yeah. offensive linemen, maybe defensive ends. Usually get some hoopers in there, like offensive tackles, defensive ends. Uh, usually your guards or centers are towards the bottom with your running backs. They're usually pretty garbage. Uh, and then DBs are an anomaly, uh, anomaly, uh, anomaly. Oh man, I can't even say the word anomaly, anomaly. Ah. Yeah. But DBs are usually different because mm-hmm. your safeties, you might have some athletic safeties that can hoop. Uh, like Darius Butler play for the coach, play corner. I always joke with him because he can mm-hmm. actually hoop for a DB, but I've played with guys like Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes. They are trash. Uh, like uh, 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 Stefan Diggs, I hoop with him at Lifetime. He can hoop. Yeah. Where would you put yourself on that hooping like <laughs> echelon? Because I know y'all guys, y'all shoot around yeah. every once in a while and you know play horse or whatever. PJ, no, I I, I've heard PJ does hoop. the hooping at his house. 
So you can't hoop at all. I can't hoop. See, I can play, I can play defense. <laughs> exactly. See, I, I you know, for, for all my everydayers out there that know I love some good football basketball talk. Every time <laughs> I get a player on here, like Adam Thielen. I mean, no, I had mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson was able to pick his five best players on the team. I said, JJ, give me if you had to pick five to go on the field or go on the court, and he mm-hmm. picked them. Adam Thielen wasn't even picked. Like he didn't even pick Adam Thielen. So. That's that's why I love that conversation because they know yeah. none of his picks was DBs or running backs, and so yeah, it it, it is what it is. My pops was a, yeah, was a, was a safety. Hoop, my, my pops, I mean, that's the Steelers helmet back there. My pops was a safety for the Steelers. Won a couple two. He couldn't hoop like he mm-hmm. was strong and like you said, he could play defense, but he yeah. couldn't hoop. So I'm glad you are able to be a, a, admit that as a <laughs> DB, that's not your strong suit to be hooping. Yeah. Um, but, but T-Top, two more before we get out of here, man. I appreciate you for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Terrell Smith, Gophers uh, cornerback. For those listening on the podcast, for those watching on uh, iTunes, or sorry, on YouTube, or watching on Amazon Fire, Roku. Again, I'm Ron Johnson. That's Terrell Smith. Uh, two more before we get out of here, man. Uh, when you think about the legacy, because I know that's another thing PJ Fleck talks about, the legacy you want to live or how you want to be remembered. Uh, what do you want people in Minnesota to remember you by? Um, just somebody that's going to persevere. And like when times get hard, you're just going to keep pushing through it and be able to come out a better person on the the back half of it. And then last one, I mean, the draft is all about the gear. Like I know you got family, you'll be around probably. Uh, but you know, when you take that picture or the videos posted, like, are you going to be suited or are you kind of going to keep it casual? Like what's what's your draft day? (laughs) <laughs> and what's your draft day like what are you doing are you hanging out with family are you doing like mm-hmm. a, a dinner or just gonna be at the house or what, what's your plans for the draft day so my friends and family are flying up here like thursday and friday and then we just gonna be at the house just watching it waiting for my for my name to be called okay so you're doing it in minnesota yeah okay okay all right man well no i hope uh we will definitely have to get you back on after the draft depending on whatever team you go to hopefully it's the minnesota vikings uh i want to thank you for joining me on the ron johnson show man good luck i'm gonna be praying for you i'm gonna be with you if you ever like i said i tell all the players this man chris Hallman bell still reaches out to me tyler johnson rashad baby if you Mm -hmm. ever need anything man never hesitate to ask because my my reach is long, and if I don't know the answer, I know somebody that does, man. But I, I appreciate everything you've done for the University of Minnesota, and I'm looking yeah. forward to what you do in the NFL, man. Have a good one. Thank you. Well, that was an awesome interview with Terrell Smith. I got to bring Sam Extra back in, my producer. Uh, Sam, before we get out of here, man, like he said some really cool things about P.J. Fleck. The one that I liked the most was he took accountability. And, and in today's sports world, look at Colorado players just hitting the portal and again that's a different situation Dion already said i'm bringing my luggage with me and it's louis so a lot of those guys are like man i don't even know what the fall is gonna look like now uh so they took off but when you look at terrell smith he could have transferred if you start as a freshman in the big 10 teams are gonna want you like if you hit the portal you're gonna get some looks and he stuck around with the, the program like he he was he played his role and he said he went if like and said hey what what am i doing like how do i get better how do i improve he didn't just hit the portal. He stayed. And look, and look, it's paying off for him because the grass isn't always greener. We see all these guys transfer sometimes, and then we never hear from them again. They just hit the portal. Like, there's one kid, I think, at Georgia now. Or I forgot where he's going. He's like, I saw one of the guys from Georgia, an alum, say this is going to be his sixth school in six years or something, or fifth school in six years. Like, that's crazy. Like, you're never going to, like, because you're not going to go in some places and just start. So maybe go in, build the chemistry, learn, and work. And Terrell Smith worked. And, and that's why I love it because um, PJ Flex not for everybody. 
the program's not for everybody. Rowing the boat's not for everybody. But Terrell Smith, he said, man, me and my guys, we came in, we, we had an agreement, we, we, were, we were together, and we were going to stay together. And he's, he's part of that. And now he's getting a chance to go to the NFL. But I really like that. Also, I like the fact that he said, uh, you know, Patrick Peterson, guy in his backyard. Um, so he said he watched Patrick Peterson way back since he was young. So clearly that was Arizona Cardinals. It just happened that they ended up in the same state. So it would be cool if he did get a chance to go to the Gophers. Um, we don't know, though, because we don't know what's going to happen with that fourth or that fifth. If they're going to get a, another pick in the fourth, if they're going to have a six-round pick maybe, and he's still on the board. Do they take Terrell Smith, four four three? That's solid. Um, compete, like you said, willing to tackle. But I really, I really like that accountability piece. I don't know, Sam. What do you think? Yeah, I love that. Um, and and I feel like I don't have evidence for this. I feel like the Gophers have lost fewer players to the portal than than other teams. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, I'd say so, but, especially yeah. stars. Yeah, and they certainly don't lose big. They're starting caliber players. They stick around. Um, and and Terrell Smith is just the continuation of sort of this defensive back university that the the Gophers have going on. Um, going back to the Jerry Kill Tracy Clays, like they were developing defensive backs that made the NFL, and now that's continued here with PJ. And I think that's mm -hmm. really cool. And the Vikings, you know, they took a Caleb Evans in the fourth round last year. Maybe this is right in that kind of area where Terrell Smith might be available. Jordan Reed loved him. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I, I think that that he's going to have success at the next level. I can't wait to see where he goes. Yeah, I think so. I think like Jordan Reed said at the Shrine game, you saw his confidence every time he made a play, he let you know about it. I think that is key. Like, you, you know, we saw that in Duke Shelley. Duke Shelley was a, a quiet guy that nobody knew. And then as he started making plays, he started making noise. And, and now you see him, mm -hmm. you know, you, you see it more and more. And maybe that's because, you know, he could have been that guy all the time and we just never noticed him. But you know, it's all about confidence. Like the more confidence, according, like Deion Sanders, he exudes confidence. You know, Allen Iverson, I was watching that, uh, just an interview with Allen Iverson. And he said, because it was back when the, this is all the whole practice, practice, like it was that whole saga. And uh, Allen Iverson's quote I love was like, you could put me anywhere. You can trade me. Because I mean, people were asking, like, do you not want to be here? Remember, he wasn't practicing. He was injured. People didn't know that. Uh, playing hurt and didn't want to tell people, which is smart. Because I'm like. I don't want to tell you like John Morant, people knowing he's hurt. The Lakers are going to force him to try to do stuff with the hurt hand. You know, like it just goes without saying. So Allen Iverson's quote was put me anywhere. I'm going to win. You can trade me. You can cut me. You can do whatever you want. But whatever team I go, he said, I can go to any team and I'm going to win. I'm going to make my guys better. And I think that's what people forget. LeBron James wins. He makes his team better. You know, Kobe Bryant won, made his team better. Michael Jordan won, made his teammates better. Like, that's what you want. And, and I think, you know, that's what confidence comes with. And for cornerbacks, that's what it is. When you're confident, you're going to, like, you're going to bring confidence to the rest of the team. Like, if I know I got a, a confident DB back there and he's balling and he's feeling it and he's telling us, like, I'm going to play harder. I'm going to know, okay, I got this. Um, So, yeah, and, and again, I think the special teams piece for him, he's willing to tackle. Like I said, he's willing to put his face in there. Um, That's, that's going to be the key, too. When you're fourth, fifth-round pick, you, you're going to be a special teams guy, but you want to be that first guy. But, yeah, the Gophers, man, Jordan Houghton, Terrell Smith. It'll be interesting to see in the draft coming up. John Michael Schmidt. I mean, it's tomorrow. The draft is upon us, people. It's here tomorrow. I can't wait. I'm excited. I, I got I don't know what suit I'm going to wear yet for, for, the, for the draft show. I still haven't picked that out. But I know, uh, like, like Terrell Smith said, he's going to be casual. I, I don't do casual. I'm not going to do a three-piece, though. I don't think I'm going to go that far. But I, I can't do casual. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do no tie or not. I haven't, I haven't decided. But 
you know, I'm a, I, I let the suit come to me. I wake up in the morning, I go look in the closet, I go work out, yeah, jump Wait on the inspiration, uh, jump on the football party, and then it's like three o'clock rolls around, and I kind of what am I feeling like today? Am I all black? Am I Keanu Reeves? Am I feeling like John John uh, John Wick? <laughs> I don't know, but we'll see. I'm I'm excited about it, Sam. But uh, again, we got a, a packed roundtable because roundtable Friday, we're gonna talk about our top five football movies. And we know Sam doesn't watch a lot, so he probably only has two. But we have yeah, our top five. I don't, I don't know if I can get a top five list together. We'll see. We're gonna have to stretch. <laughs> oh man! But we want to see what you guys think of our top five list on Friday. So tune in for that. And then, of course, next week we have some 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 great guests. I got uh, Matt Spath in the Hopper. I got Santana Moss. Uh, we got uh, Cedric Thompson Jr., former Gopher, Miami Dolphin. Uh, so we, we got a lot coming your way. So stay tuned for that. But I'm Ron Johnson, is locked on Sports Minnesota. Uh, that's Sam Extra. Man, remember. You can download all of our shows on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, have an email address, subscribe, create a YouTube account, and subscribe to our, our podcast on YouTube. It's free. Also, iHeartMedia, iTunes, wherever you get Spotify, wherever you get your iTunes, or sorry, your podcast, just subscribe. Hit that follow button. It'll upload our shows every time they load up. Uh, I did it on the iHeartMedia app. It's free. I just went in there. I searched Locked On Sports Minnesota. I hit follow. So now it pops up every time I'm on there. But Spotify, iTunes, whichever one you do, make sure you follow and subscribe to the Ron Johnson Show. Locked On Sports Minnesota is the way to go. I want to thank you guys and have a great day.